2: Today, we are talking about the Quartermain staff. I'm o- so excited. On General Hospital Fandom, they are listed as amenities. That's ridiculous. I don't like that. No. They're people. They're people. They are staff. And they refer
3: to them as staff, thank God. And they refer to them as staff when they're speaking about them on the show. Like I think Monica so, yeah. Has never like, hey, can you go get that amenity Yuri for me? <laughs> <laughs> you. Right. To call the staff together. We got to ask Cook what time we should expect the turkey to be ruined this year.
2: And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to cover all the Quartermain Thanksgiving disasters. So our sources for today were General Hospital fandom, just a ton of pages, so I'm not listing them all. We also used Wikipedia list of General Hospital characters, the General Hospital scrapbook, and then there was an article on thelist.com. The Wildest Storylines in General Hospital History by Dylan St. James on September 12th, 2023. Love it. Yeah. Want to get us started? Sure. I still think it's ridiculous amenities. Like, come on. I know.
3: Since the mansion's debut, the Quartermains have always had several staff members who work on the grounds. The Quartermain Kitchen is host to their notorious off screen cook, the original cook, Virginia Cook, or Cook as they called her was first mentioned in the early 1990s. Cook hated when anyone else was in her kitchen, and thus people at the house were afraid of her. Though on most occasions, Cook did make an exception for a young Emily Quartermain. That was so cute. Mm -hmm. She would make like side little snacks and Cook wouldn't yell at her. The Quartermain kitchen is host to no i read that already mm-hmm. sorry during ned and alexis's rehearsal dinner aj snuck into the kitchen for a snack before dinner and when a cook discovered him she refused to cook when monica tried to reason with cook it only made things worse and the family was forced to order pizza oh i didn't think i remember wait why
2: does it say during ned and alexis's rehearsal dinner aj but then it was thanksgiving was there a rehearsal dinner thanksgiving Eve? i have no idea Cook has I resigned. Don't know. Yeah. I don't
3: know. Cook has resigned on several occasions, but always came back. On September eleventh, twenty twelve, Cook was one of the many who died when the town's water supply was contaminated by Jerry Jacks. Mm, that's so sad. Yeah. Years later, Cook too was hired as the replacement, and apparently had the same temperament as the original. Replaced the deceased Cook first mentioned in August of twenty thirteen. When Olivia Quartermain attempted to use the Quartermain kitchen and bought a pizza oven, the previous Quartermain cook, Cook 2, quit. Monica Quartermain went behind her back and hired a new cook whom they also called Cook 2. Olivia stated that she was worse than the latter but was forced to bite her tongue when she enlisted Cook Two's help in serving the nurse's ball. Cook 2 later got her dream job catering overseas and departed the Quartermaine Mansion.
2: And Fun Fact Cook 2 was portrayed by Carla Hall, and she had been on the show as herself back in 2013 when Tracy and AJ were on The Chew. So all the cooks on the from The Chew. I never watched it, so the hosts, the cooks, yeah, whatever. Hosts. Okay. They were hosts. When it was the Pickle Lila versus Pickle Eddie competition. And everyone got sick. Yep. Cook 3 was hired and is the current cook for the Quartermaine's. And I think that they're doing the same thing with just, you never, we never see. Let me see. Yeah. Cause during Ned and Alexis's rehearsal dinner. So I did not like, I, I thought didn't I realize was like, that either. Yeah. I thought I spliced it together wrong or they did. Who knows? So then Stella Fields became the quarterman's housekeeper in 1979 and would most often be seen answering the front door. She became Lila and Sean's partner in her pickle Lila relish business. In 1988, Stella won the lottery and quit her job, When in fact, the actress, Jeff Donnell, had died of a heart attack and so the character was written off. Mm In 2013, it was revealed that Stella died sometime after 1988. I love that they had her just win the lottery and quit her job. Yep. And I've never heard of Jeff for a girl. No. It's always interesting. Then we have Jennings. (laughs) The former butler began as a gardener on the premises in 1984 prior to being promoted by Monica in 1986. He worked until his retirement to Europe in 1992, at which time Jennings' nephew Reginald came in. Jennings was played by Frank Kilman from 1984 to 1992. When Kilman died in 1992, that's when the character was written off. So they had him just retire to Europe. Nice. Yes. And then we have our Reginald. Yes. Reginald Jennings began working for the Quartermains in 1992 after his uncle retired. Reginald arrived at the door sloppily dressed in 1992, and Tracy Quatermain is immediately not impressed. Lila Quatermain suggests that Tracy oversee Reginald's training giving after giving her his resume. In 1994, Catherine blackmailed Ned Ashton into marrying her and thought that she had leverage to stay a Quartermain when Reginald poisoned her. However, A.J. Quatermain made it appear as though she had poisoned herself, a secret the entire family kept. They might fight each other, but they yep. zip their lips. In 1999, Reginald locked Luke Spencer and Felicia Scorpio in the Quatermain crypt to protect a family secret long kept by Edward and Lila. Mm-hmm. What was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, was that the Crane Tolliver stuff? Oh, maybe. I think that was because that would have been when uh, Felicia was writing Edward's memoir. Right. Okay. Um, Reginald also dated the Corinthos nanny, Leticia. I did not know that. I did not remember that either. In 2004, after Reginald takes a bad fall at the mansion, the quarterma- Quartermans hire Dobson as his temporary replacement. Reginald never returned and was later said to have left town on a world cruise. He was played by Stephen Kay from 1992 to 2004. And then under his health and vitals, it said that he tripped on a baby toy and hurt his back on May 13th, 2003. So I'm wondering if that's the bad fall that took... That would make sense. Yeah. Here we
3: go. Then we got Dobson, air quotes, the butler, January through September of 2003, Alexis Davis will go to any lengths necessary to protect her daughter. We've seen her lie about paternity, meddle in the romances, and even accidentally commit vehicular manslaughter. One of her more memorable acts was when she pretended to be a British butler named Dobson and took a job at the Quartermain Mansion. In November 'o two, Alexis murdered Ruthless International Arms Dealer. I know. Louise. Have, thank you. I don't know why. Like It's I've, not Lorenzo. You're right. Alcazar. Thank you. Louise Alcazar. And then faked disassociative identity disorder to escape prosecution. Her therapist, Dr. Cameron Lewis, uncovered... The ruse but kept her secret while the plan helped Alexis get away with murder. It cost her custody of her daughter, Christina, believing Alexis was mentally unstable and therefore unfit. Her daughter's legal father, Ned Ashton, legal father at the time, air quotes something yes. should be there. Well, he was on the birth certificate, so he was her dad. Yeah. Um, sued and was granted primary custody, moving her into the Quartermain mansion. When she finds out the Quartermain's longtime butler, Reginald, is injured, Alexis creates the persona of Dobson and replaces him. Moving into the mansion, she steals time with Christina while living a double life and fending off the amorous advances of Alice. That was so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved that. The Quartermain housekeeper who develops a romantic interest in Dobson. That, oh, my. No. Like, I wish we could put, like, a whole 10-hour playlist in here because it was so funny funny ned's latest love interest sky Quartermain, caught onto the scheme and forced alexis to reveal herself when alexis did by dramatically ripping her beard and mustache off in the middle of a dinner party
2: and that is the brief synopsis
3: of oh, dobson you of go. the dobson story go youtube it go youtube all of it because oh my gosh alice alice was not like a small woman. And I don't mean that in physical. No, I mean, she was very. Like, she went after what she wanted. She was very outspoken. Even working for the Quartermains, she said her piece mm-hmm. a lot of the time. She was not hushed, like, oh, you're the staff, be quiet. So when she had a crush on Dobson, oh my goodness. Pursued. Oh, it was so fun.
2: It was. And now we're going to talk about Alice. Alice Gunderson was the live in housekeeper who was hired to work for the quartermain family in 2001. Alice was originally hired by Sonny Corinthos to protect the Quartermains from the threat posed by mob rival Joseph Sorrell. Over time, the Quartermains began to see Alice's family and Monica Quartermain, the owner of the Quartermain mansion, allowed her to live in the in the family home with them. So I guess they also have staff quarters? Uh, I would think so. I would so. imagine that was not mentioned in the Mm-mm. other buildings. She also often joined the Quartermains for their memorable Thanksgiving dinners. In her free time, Alice works as a professional wrestler under the stage name of The Dominator. And we actually talked a lot about that in the crossover podcast with Ring the Bell Radio. Yes. Alice harbored a longstanding crush on Luke Spencer, too. Yes. And often lavished him with attention, much to the chagrin of Luke's then-wife, Tracy Quartermain. In 2007, Alan Quartermain passed away, and Luke managed to forge Alan's will, giving Alice quite a lump sum of money, which displeased Tracy greatly. In December 2010, Alice wore black to Lucy and Tracy's second wedding as a sign of mourning because she knew she had lost Luke to Tracy for good this time. Now, instead of wanting Luke for herself, she helps Tracy with her issues with Luke. After Edward Quartermain passed in 2012, Alice receives 5% of the voting stock of ELQ from his will. Alice reemerges in June 2014 as the camp counselor for Lila's Kids Summer Camp, an ELQ subsidiary. Lila's Kids is a subsidiary of ELQ. Okay. In early July, Alice overhears Tracy plotting to take back control of ELQ from the then-current CEO, Michael Corinthos. Despite Tracy's pleas for discretion, Alice insists that Michael must know about this, and she calls Michael with the intent of revealing Tracy's plan. However, before she has the chance, she collapses. Alarmed by the dropped call, Michael and his brother, Morgan Corinthos, hurry to the ELQ offices. They find Alice on the floor, unconscious and Tracy on the phone with the paramedics. Morgan begins to give Alice CPR as they wait for the paramedics to arrive. When they arrive, Alice is rushed to the hospital. Michael, Morgan, Tracy, and Monica surround Alice's bedside. Monica performs tests on Alice and discovers that Alice has suffered a heart attack and is in need of a heart transplant. Tracy finds Alice a heart in Rafe Kovic Jr., who was left brain dead after a car accident. Rafe's guardian, Dr. Silas Clay, which is who... (laughs) Michael Easton should still be portraying, agrees to the transplant, and everything is set to go. At the last minute, Chief of Staff Dr. Liesl Obrecht arrived and informed everyone that Alice cannot receive Rafe's heart because they found cocaine and heroin in Rafe's system. On July 30th, Morgan arranges for Alice's favorite WWE wrestler, David Otunga, to visit her in the hospital. Alice is overjoyed and gets a signed copy of a magazine with him on the cover of it at the end of her visit. The next day at the hospital, Tracy overhears that mobster Mickey Diamond is now brain dead after being shot in the head. She gets her hands on his medical records and discovers that his blood type is B positive and that he could be a viable donor for Alice. The only problem was he wasn't a registered organ donor, and now they will have to seek out family members to get their consent. Sunny Corinthos pays a woman to pose as Selma Diamond, Mickey's sister. The woman posing as Selma signs the forms, allowing the hospital to donate Mickey's heart to Alice. Soon after Alice receives a heart transplant and recovers. And I think that was actually the last time that we saw her. She was portrayed by the actress, Virgin Williams from 2001 to 14 on November 16th, 21, 2021. It was revealed that Williams had passed away from Wilson's disease on July 20th, 2021. And that was just sad because we love Alice. We do love Alice. She was
3: just so great in all of, chaos they put her in Mm
2: -hmm.
3: yuri mm
2: -mm -mm, in march and has no last name yuri has no last name no last
3: name just yum it should be yuri yum (laughs) (laughs) yummy
2: yuri that's right. in
3: march 2021 valentine finds out brooklyn is pregnant with his child and suggests hiring a bodyguard to protect her she wouldn't even notice the guard who could keep an eye on her brooklyn refuses this idea as she is actually faking being pregnant And then on April 13th, Brooklyn goes to Chase's apartment to escape from Olivia's watchful eye. Chase has been accidentally poisoned by Peter, who is trying to poison Finn. And Brooklyn tells Chase he looks terrible. They talk about Chase getting back together with Willow until a knock on the door interrupts them. Chase answers the door and a large man in a suit walks right in. He silently glares at Chase. Brooklyn tells Chase that this is fine and that the man is her bodyguard, Yuri. Valentine calls Brooklyn and she complains about the large man Valentine hired. Valentine insists that he needs to know that Brooklyn and the baby are safe. Secretly, Valentine is holding Peter captive and Peter has been threatening Valentine and Anna about a loved one being in danger. Brooklyn claims Yuri would call Valentine if something was wrong. Valentine says that Yuri couldn't call if he was dead. That that fair. is the true point. That's fair. Uh, Brooklyn wonders if that could happen. Valentine explains that in the past he was a WSB agent and there are people who want to harm him. He tells Brooklyn to do what Yuri says, follow the rules, and answer the calls. Brooklyn agrees and hangs up the phone. She hands it to Yuri, who leaves the apartment. Chase asks Brooklyn if Yuri just hanging around outside the door the whole time and Brooklyn says that he is since Valentine hired him. Willow comes to the door and Brooklyn leaves with Yuri. On April 22nd when Brooklyn visits Chase at the hospital Dante tells Brooklyn that her bodyguard was looking for her in the hallway. Brooklyn calls Yuri and says he can't go around the hospital looking for her door to door even if Valentine told him to. She says that she's on the seventh floor and and later, Brooklyn tells Yuri she is coming and doesn't want a protein shake. He was so cute trying, he was to, trying take to take care, care of, her of her while she was yes. pregnant. Yeah, She's pregnant and hanging out in the hospital. Like, here's a protein shake for you and your baby. On April 23rd, Brooklyn thanks Michael for the ride home so she doesn't have to rely on Yuri. On May 7th, she arrives at Maxie's apartment and tells her that she ditched Yuri on her way there. That does not sound like a good idea. And then on the 14th, Valentin tells Yuri... Who tells him that he thought Brooklyn was with Valentine. She had slipped out to go to GH. Valentine tells Yuri to do a better job watching Brooklyn or he would ship Yuri back to Ukraine. That's not very nice. Mm-mm. Later, Valentine tells Brooklyn that since she keeps escaping from her bodyguard, Valentine. Yuri and Charlotte are coming to live with her at the Quartermain Mansion. Sorry, I was confused. I no, I, I know, saying, like, I know, yeah. The bodyguard's name was Valentine. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Yuri. That's what we're talking I've about. I read that
2: exactly the same.
3: <laughs> Monica agrees that she wants to keep an eye on Valentine. Later, Brooklyn tells Maxie that she will ditch Yuri before meeting Maxie in Beecher's Corners. Brooklyn claims her new crib is rickety and sneaks away while Yuri goes to fix it, which was so sweet. He was trying to do all the bolts and stuff to make sure... The ba- he like said something about the baby must be safe or yes. something. It was so cute. On June 11th, Nina says she ran into a, a large fan at the Quartermains. Valentin says it's Brooklyn's bodyguard, Yuri, and he is from Belarus. So it's, he just, he, I thought he was from the Ukraine. That's what I just said. He just threatened to send him back to the Ukraine. That's why I was
2: confused, but I don't know geography very well. So I just Googled it and it is landlocked country In Eastern Europe, it is bordered by Russia to the east and northeast, Ukraine to the south, Poland to the west, and Lithuania and Latvia to the northwest. So...
3: Valentin was wrong. General area, wrong spot. But Anna recognizes Yuri's accent when she comes over to update Valentin. On June 22nd, Valentin says that Yuri will watch over Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Bailey at the Quartermains when Valentin goes to Pawtuck with Anna to search for Peter and Louise. On July 9th, Valentine asks Yuri what Monica was telling Valentine earlier, as he was thinking about Anna at the time. Yuri doesn't answer, and Valentine says he is a good listener, but not much of a conversationalist. And then in November, Valentine finds out that he hmm. isn't Bailey's father, and moves himself and Charlotte out of the Quartermain mansion. Yuri remains and becomes a bodyguard for the Quartermain family, because Monica has a little bit of crush across.
2: Like they don't talk about Monica. Kind of. Oh no. Okay. We don't know. We don't know. On January twenty
3: seventh, twenty two, Valentine tells Martin that Yuri is still keeping tabs on Brooklyn. Valentine meets Monica and Yuri at GH. Monica says she is only doing this as a personal favor to Yuri, who says, "Thank you, gorgeous." In oh my God, he's so cute. Sorry. Thank you, gorgeous, to
2: her in Russian. But he would have said that after. Remember that one time that he looked her up and down after she walked. This would have been after it because I think people reacted to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. him having a little crushy on I Monica and then it. that was just there. Yep.
3: And Valentine wants an update on Bailey since she left the mansion. Monica and Yuri haven't seen much of Brooklyn since she took Bailey and moved into Jack's old house. Yuri says that Maxie has been helping Brooklyn with the bait with Bailey, and Monica notices how maternal Maxie is with Bailey. Be quiet, Monica. In August 2022, Yuri brings Belarusian potato pancakes to the Quartermain picnic. He later runs into Terry, and they are attracted to each other after they both drink Leo. Oh my gosh, that was so cute too, because you didn't know who drank what. Mm-hmm. Leo's Sicilian Thunderbolt Love Potion. The two go off to the Metro Court pool to be alone. He mentions how he cares for Monica and Terry's necklace falls into the pool and Yuri dives in to get it. Mm -hmm. If I was her, I'd be dropping stuff in the pool all day, every day. Like, Yuri, (laughs) can you please jump in and get that? (laughs) In September, Yuri sends flowers to Terry at the hospital. And then in October, Yuri and Terry double date with Finn and Liz for Chase singing his debut, at the Savoy, they bond over having pets. This is when we finally got to hear about Roxy. Roxy again. Yuri has a bearded collie. <laughs> Yuri has a bearded collie named Svetlana. Svetlana, and Finn has the bearded dragon mm. named Roxy, which we'll just never forget.
2: February, 4th. even if he does because yes, it's an emotional does. support,
3: he does forget often. We should ask Yuri about his too. Like yeah, he hasn't mentioned at Lana very often either.
2: Right? Oh, now that Yuri's living in the quarter, main why isn't, where's the dog? And where is, um... We've been wondering
3: where Roxy is for a long, long very, time. Very, very long. And you would think that there would be some interaction between Terry and the dog. Mmm. So, anyway, February 14th, 2023, Yuri and Terry attend Curtis Ashford and Portia Robinson's wedding
2: That was just this year they got married? So, it's reasonable to assume that Roxy could possibly be dead, because... Bro- Bearded Dragons have a lifespan of 10 to 15 years. No, don't say that. What's wrong with you? I'm just saying. You cannot let an
3: emotional support animal die. That will emotionally not support you. You will be more
2: messed up. But he's only been on since 2016. So he's fine. So, so stop. He should be more concerned with the fact that we are getting towards the end, perhaps have, have a little bit more bonding time with Roxy. Stop trying to kill Roxy. I'm trying to get Roxy some... What is like. Roxy. I'm to get Roxy some attention. You know what would be great is if Leo met Roxy. Oh my god. He and Finn long. could explain that he needs Roxy as an emotional support animal. hmm hmm And all then right. Leo can bond. Well, no, because you have to be trained. True. Okay. okay. And Leo gets all the horses. I'm still and stuck. And now alpacas. So I'm
3: still stuck on the fact that Curtis and oh, just got married this year because it feels like 10 years of dealing this with their spring, dragging on. Oh, my God. The spring feels like it was forever ago. Yes. So then on April 7th, Yuri danced with the magic Milo and the magic wand for the nurses ball. Yes, he did. And May 6th, Kevin and Laura reach out to Yuri. This was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Reach out to Yuri to be their translator and guide in, I know the Chechnya. Word. Chechnya. I don't know how to say it like I don't know how to spell it, but I know what the word is um, to which he agrees as he's between jobs. They got his number from Brooklyn and learning Valentine gave Yuri the summer off with full pay and benefits. What kind of benefits as, does Valentine have? Working for them anymore. He was with Monica, but okay, I, as of the autumn 2023, Yuri is now the butler at the quarter main mansion, which I feel like is kind of a step down. I'm sorry.
2: But it's more. Consistent. I mean, I know he gets
3: to see Monica then or hear about Monica and he still cares for her. Yep. And he's hanging out with Terry all the time, which is great. But I feel like. Yeah. Meh. So his nicknames were The Incredible Hulk. I don't remember him being called that. It's they're, I think they just list. I don't remember. By Brooklyn, I don't remember her ever calling him. It was probably just like. Incredible.
2: A one-off. Hulk. And I don't know who the next person is: Boris Badenov. Who is that? Isn't that Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh, maybe. Hold on. I actually,
3: we know you're going to do it because that's you. Um, Ukrainian mountain man. I remember that one. She did call him that all the time. And then big burly Yuri by Willow and big man. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Cause he's bad enough. Okay. Um, occupation, Butler at the corner, main mansion, Russian guide and translator, bodyguard, and former dancer. I don't feel like that was an
2: occupation. That was Uh, a one-time It was a charity
3: event. Yeah. So currently the staff, according to Brooklyn, in 2021, the mansion had two
2: housekeepers, a cook, a full-time nanny, and multiple bodyguards. So then from Wikipedia, there was somebody that was mentioned as a personal assistant to somebody that I had zero clue about anything. So... I would like to at least mention, just in case somebody who was watching at that time knows about this and are like, why are you forgetting this person? I would like to call it a dishonorable mention. (laughs) Her name is Autumn Clayton, and she was portrayed by Linda Sanders from 1987 to 88. She was mentioned on Wikipedia as a personal assistant to Herbert Quartermain. In 1987, Edward received word that his dying cousin, Herbert, planned to finish out his days with his family in Port Charles. Edward was less than thrilled about it, but he did agree and renovated the east wing of the mansion after Herbert said that he would combine his fortune with Edward's. Okay. Yeah, that's a reason. Herbert's money was in high demand and his secretary companion. This is why I was like, Ah. but if he wound up living here and he was dying, that means she would have been working in the house, right? Uh Okay. Did you do showed up to town and Herbert suddenly took ill and died. A bottle containing trace amounts of poison was found in Edward's room, but with Alan's fingerprints. Herbert wound up being alive because he had been hiding in the walls. First of all, Edward is the one who oversaw the renovation. So how did he not not know know about, like, was Herbert there saying, no, just make that drywall off, like, 20 feet, enough for me to go. Not 20 feet. My gosh, that's huge. (laughs) Um, And he had, like, little peepholes. That he was watching them. Okay, this them. is spooky. Yes. Because he had been testing the family. Okay. Autumn had been in on the plan. And during his like observations, he wrote a new will that wound up leaving everything to Autumn because he knew that they were all fighting over his money
1: because he was ah. watching them. Mm-hmm.
2: Then Herbert was killed for real and Autumn was wrongly charged. Autumn received the inheritance and Alan and his cousin tried to get some of the money. However, Autumn's former lover... Oliver Montand showed up and persuaded her to leave town and she moved to France leaving the Quartermains high and dry okay so I kind of feel like that was now I want to go back and watch that whole storyline no which clue. I'm sure I read is that... not on there in the, the 80s the only thing that was in Wikipedia was this personal assistant thing so I pulled out the scrapbook looked for her and it was just like a basically yeah. the rest of that so wow yeah Hi, it's Shannon. So as I was editing, I realized we forgot Cody. Cody was not listed on the amenities, the quote amenities, on the General Hospital fandom page. But he is the overseer of the Quartermain Stables. There's really not a whole lot that goes along with that other than, you know, he's been helping Leo with learning more about the horses. We've seen, I think, now three or four different horses come through. But how he got the job was Olivia Quartermaine offered it to him and he accepted it. But we forgot that Cody is also technically a staff member of the Quartermain family. So, sorry. And we did put up a little poll on all the different social media. And by far, Alice is considered mm. the best the most favorite yes. staff member of yeah, the quarter mains. I love Alice. Me too. I. It was so fun to revisit all of this. Mm-hmm. Because you forget that some of them really did have like story storylines. Like right. Reginald Poisoning Catherine Bell. Oops. Kind of forgot about that. She kind of deserved it. I mean, yeah. So who knows who will wind up adding to this list over time. But mm-hmm. as of now, this was it. That was fun. So we hope that you enjoyed revisiting or perhaps learning more about who really keeps that quarter main mansion running. They do a wonderful job. It is spotless mm-hmm. uh, for only two housekeepers. Like, wow. Yeah. So join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows, have a good weekend and we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier 54 podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review.